Here we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, prayer warriors, intercessors, saints of God. Amen. This is Pastor Lester Hayes this morning, uh, just coming on for our testimony service this morning. This is Thursday morning, 5.30 a.m. on February the 10th, 2022. And uh, this is our testimony service. Amen. And the Bible tells us in the book of Revelations chapter 12 that we overcome by the word of our testimony it also says we overcome by the blood of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and by the word of our testimony and we love not this life unto death amen and so uh, that's in the book of revelations you know chapter 12 verses 10 and around verses 10 and 11 and so on of the king james bible and so I want to share this, the word of our testimony, and uh, the word this morning I want to talk about has to do with the power of prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous that availeth much. And this is a creating a prayer culture for God prayer line where we're, we're learning how and why we pray and seeing and benefits and results of our prayers. And it's wonderful when people let us know that the prayers got answered and give us an update and we like to come and bring that testimony to you all because that's God's word and in motion and action there is praying for people the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous and we're the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus so it's not any righteousness of our own but because we are the righteousness of God you know through the blood of Jesus he's made us righteous so when we pray you know we're praying as the righteousness of God and so we brought a prayer request uh, back in December to the prayer line every morning when we meet at 6 uh, a.m., creating a prayer culture for God. And uh, we prayed a you know, unified prayer, a corporate prayer together there. Uh, and one of my nurses, I, I, I go to the, uh, un, uh, the, the oncology clinic over in Thomasville at Archibald and uh, to get blood, you know, do my follow-ups because I'm a, I'm a surviving cancer patient. And a uh, wonderful sister there uh, that draws the blood and flushes out my port uh, was in a little bit uh, down and out a little bit that morning when I went over there. And she was telling me about her brother who had came to visit. All the family got together for the holiday, uh, Christmas and whatnot, Thanksgiving, Christmas and while they were there at the house getting ready to eat, eat, you know, pray and give Thanksgiving and blessings for the food and whatnot. And, you know, to just uh, eat and pray and fellowship as a family. Uh, her brother had a, a stroke, a serious stroke, which uh, paralyzed him, put him into like a coma, uh, shut his brain down. He no longer knew who they were, couldn't recognize any of the family members, couldn't talk, uh, just a total vegetative state of mind, you know, in a coma, just totally out of it. And the family freaked out because he was there with his wife and kids, and they didn't, at the table, get ready to eat. Can you imagine the brother just, it just went out, and he just stroked, just took away all of his ability, you know, cognitive capacity there, couldn't talk, didn't even recognize his family, didn't know who he was. We call that a vegetative state sometime in some type of coma from that stroke and just left them, you know, just dumbfounded. 
So as I was there in the lab that morning and she was sharing this because I know her, I could tell something was up. And she knows she's a Christian sister and she knows that I'm a pastor and my wife and that we're, you know, we, we pray and whatnot because we pray for things for her before. And so she asked me, will we pray? And I said, sister, we would put him on the prayer list right now. I prayed with her right there in the lab. And I told her when I get back, uh, you know, I bring it before the, 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 the creating a prayer culture for God, prayer words and intercessors, and we'll pray for him, you know, that God will heal him, touch him, restore him. Amen. I could just imagine you're sitting there at the table getting ready to break bread and say the grace, and all of a sudden he's, 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 have, he's had a major stroke and no longer recognize his family, know where he's at in the world. And so we brought that to the line, we shared with the line, and we prayed, we prayed for him, for his healing. We prayed that with the stripes of Jesus, that he's already healed. We prayed that God's word, you know, the power and authority of God's word be released, though God, to fight against that stroke and to restore our brother to normal and where he would be able to recognize his family, his children, you know, and just uh, continue the fellowship, you know, like it was before, you know, and so we, we just we began to just bind up and pray and release uh, him from that stroke. Amen. And so uh, the other day I had a, a follow up appointment to go over and have my flesh, my port flushed and to draw blood. And uh, so I said I couldn't wait to get over there so I could ask her because I go I go once every three months unless I have to go earlier than that for an emergency or whatnot. And so I'm there. So I said I can't wait to ask my sister for an update on her brother. Because uh, we prayed for him a few times after that. And so when I get in the lab and it was just so happened, there's like three nurses back there. And, and I know all of them. And so this particular nurse, when she came into the, to the waiting area, she called my name. And I went back. And I always love her to do my, because she's so professional and she's a Christian. So we get the fellowship. So I said, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, hey, how is your brother? And she started praising God. Threw her hands in the air. I threw my hands in there. We back there just praising God. And she said, Mr. Lester, you would not believe it is a 100% turnaround. He's now driving his car again. He recognizes the family. He's communicating. He's being there. He's talking. He's speaking. She said he's going through rehab. She said, but it's just been amazing. Thank you all so much. Tell your your prayer team there. Tell the prayer warden and it says, tell the creating prayer cause of God. Everyone who was praying for my brother that he is back. He's on his way to a full recovery, but it's been a 100% turnaround from where where he was at in the vegetative state to where he's at right now, she says. And we just give God all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. Please let them know God has touched my brother. God has healed my brother. God has restored my brother. And she said, and I thank y'all from the very depths of my heart for praying for him. And uh, I said, amen, sister. So we had a little bit of praise moment there, praise break there in the, in the lab. Everybody was like, what is going on? But her countenance was different. The joy of the Lord had been restored to her. Her weeping was over and the family was now rejoicing and getting back to our like a family and they're planning to get together man and continue to make up for lost times and celebrate because they got something to celebrate I mean that was just a few months ago amen a major stroke and many times people don't make it back fully but she said she said pastor it's been like a 100% turnaround for him driving knowing the family everybody recognizing like nothing ever happened and going through rehab so that he could fully recover so that's my testimony this morning amen just wanted to share that 
that. Give that update, man, and let you know that you, if you're out there, man, and you have nowhere to go and you got things that are weighing you down and you're stressed, and I don't care if it's emotional, physical, financial, economical, occupational, physical, you know, environmentally, you know, sociably, whatever those ills and struggles and afflictions are, you need to get on this prayer line, amen, every morning at 6 a.m., come on and join us, amen, and pray with us. We believe in the power of prayer, amen. God hears prayers, answer prayers, and he's continuously showing us great and mighty things. The Bible said that thou knoweth not. That's in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3 of the King James Bible. And so... We believe in the power of prayer. We believe that with Jesus' stripes, we're already healed. And we have the power of life and death in our tongue that we can speak things that be not as though they are. And we begin to speak a word of healing toward that brother based on the word of God in the book of Psalms, chapter 107, verse 20, the King James Bible, that Jesus sent his word. God sent his word, which was Jesus, the living word of God. Amen. For us, for our healing, to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction. And we threw every prayer at that thing, that stroke, man, and that and, 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 and everything, man, and, you know, taking away his. His, his ability to recognize his family and I'm telling you man that standard was raised up and that brother received that word and his sister received that word on behalf of her family and her brother and now man we get this good report man to see that by the word of our testimony this brother has overcome that stroke all of the side effects, the other symptoms, secondary symptoms, and he is a, a, on his way to a full recovery. She said he's about a, he's a hundred percent better than what he was when he had the stroke. So I just wanted to share that testimony, Amen, with you all, and let you know, you know that that prayer does work. We we meet on Wednesday night, our power prayer, where we pray, Amen. Uh, you know, to 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 God, and He said, when you pray, there's much power. When you don't pray, there's no power. When you pray a little, there's a little power. You know. We can move mountains. And when we put God in remembrance of his word, who, who, who he watches over and hastens to perform it, it's just been a short time. And this man is, you know, only way to full recovery. So what a testimony. What a word of our testimony that prayer does work. And folks, come on and join us on the Creative Prayer Culture for God. We love to have you, man. You know, we learn together how to pray. We pray together. And we see God do some incredible things. When he sees that unity, man, us coming together, two or three in his name, it's right there. The Bible says he commands the blessing even life forevermore in book of psalms chapter 133 verses 3 amen so we have king james bible so we give god all the praise the glory and the honor this morning for the opportunity to, be able to testify of how great our god is but more than anything you know to let you know that we overcome strokes and heart attacks and, and cancer and diabetes and sickness, infliction, infirmity, diseases, all these areas that we're praying for for optimal optimal overall wellness. We overcome these areas, these 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 struggles, you know, uh by the word of the Lord, amen, his precious promises. So that's my testimony this morning. This is Pastor Lester signing off with a te that testimony this morning. Thank you for listening. Amen. Pray it be a blessing to you. Amen. But build your own testimony. Amen is my prayer in Jesus Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. All right, then I'm finished. Any other testimony? Okay. If not, then that concludes the testimony service this morning. So we're going to go ahead and pray. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Thank God for all of you this morning. We give God the praise. We give God the glory. We give God the honor because 
he alone is worthy this morning to be feared above all gods this morning. And there's a lot of false gods out there, idolatry out there, people out there that are being worshipped by God's people instead of God receiving all of the worship and God taking the honor. And so we come this morning, you know, just to greet all of you this morning, just to say, you know, we, we thank God for another day. Amen. To acknowledge him, you know, that we're here this morning, all of us gathering together in his name this morning on this Thursday morning, uh, February the 10th, 2022, uh, on the creating a prayer culture for God this morning, praying people rising early to seek his face this morning, coming together in the spirit of unity on one accord this morning, the creating a prayer culture for God, which was given and formed by God, you know, through a vision that he gave us. Amen. To create a prayer culture for God with the sole purpose and mission to counter whatever is going on out there as we learn about issues that are going on in our world against our government, against us as individuals, against our homes, our families, our schools, you know, our communities, our cities, you know, our towns, our states, you know, our world. You know, God has created the creating a prayer culture for God as a platform and a place where people can come and pray together and seek his face. Amen. Because we know that if we cry out to God, according to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse three, God will hear our prayers and answer them. And here's what I love about the re result and show us great and mighty things. He said that thou knowest not. And, you know, we so we thank God that as his people being his people called by his name, he says that if you would humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. What wicked ways, Lord? To complain and bicker and murmur about things and not pray about things. That's a wicked way, you know, and to pray and don't believe that God's going to hear your prayer and answer it when he said he would. It's a wicked thing, you know. Why even pray if you don't believe it's going to happen, you know? And so we thank God, you know, amen, that as his people, book of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 through 15, amen, the King James Bible, the Lord said that my people, you know, we are his people. We're summoned together in his name. We come together in his name. What an awesome, amazing, incredible name that we gather together. Amen. And so as we pray this morning together, amen, as we come to learn about the revelations of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to pray according to those revelations that we learned, the things that were written for our learning, that we may know we have, you know, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, if we obey and keep God's commandments and do those things that God has commanded us to do, then we shall have a right to that tree of life. Amen. And so we just, let's just pray together right now. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth, Lord, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we're going to pick up, amen, our, our teaching this morning on the revelations of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. And the <clears throat> last time we were together, amen, we dealt with, uh, you know, with uh, some things about, you know, believers continuing in sin, amen. Out of the first book of John, chapter 3, we were dealing with verse 6, amen, and uh, which said, Whosoever, you know, abideth in him sinneth not, and whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, amen, neither known him, and the proof of our deliverance is in Jesus Christ, amen. It, 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 is, it is when we abide in him, and he abide in us, and his word abide in us, and, his word, and we abide in his word, 
or we live in Christ Jesus, that's, that's what that's talking about, then we do not continue in sin. That's the only way, no way around it. Amen. And, and, and sin is a part of our existence here on earth. It's something that we're going to always have to deal with. It's a temptation that's always going to be staring at us and, and calling our name sometime and sounding like it's that just as too good to be true. And that's that temptation that is common to man. You know, nobody's exempt. Everybody's going to be tempted. But temptation is not a sin, even though it comes. It comes and goes. You know, the enemy is always trying to tempt us to doubt God, to do something that's contrary to the truth. Amen. Even when we're saved, it seems like more so when we're saved, he comes after us with temptation to try to lure us, you know, more than anyone that's not saved. Okay. You know, that, that's, his, that's what he does. You know, he goes to and fro like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom he may tempt and get them, amen, to fall into his trap, amen. And so, you know, that that's, that's that way in the man that seemeth right, but it leadeth to the way of destruction. According to the Bible in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12, the King James Bible. So that temptation is there. You know, it's the same for everybody. It's common, but the Lord himself tempts no one. Now, he'll test our faith, but he does not tempt anyone nor is he tempted by anything evil. That's not God, you know. Now, he says with every temptation, though, I won't put more on you than I know you can bear. Now, the enemy don't care. He's going to try to crush you, kill, steal, and destroy you. He don't care nothing about it. He don't love us. He hates us because we love God and we're God's children, you know, and we praise and worship God and not him. So he, he he's not our friend, okay? And he's already been rebuked by Jesus. Okay, he's already behind you're up there now. You know, behind you know, being guarded by that by the archangel. So we ain't got to worry about him until he gets released to come back to this earth and harass people. However, in the meantime, we got to deal with these evil spirits. These are his cohort evil disembodied spirits that are harassing God's people out here. So we still gonna have to deal with it. But God has given us the power and the authority to bind those evil spirits, to bind those evil works on earth. And he binds them in heaven, amen. Because, you know, say got to worship him, got to bow down and answer, him, answer to him too. You know, and so right now he's in chains waiting on his release. But at the same time, you got to remember a third of those disembodied spirits, those angels, were, were, were cast out, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the previous uh, uh, angelic, uh, uh, you know, uh, t time frame that was on the earth. You know, when, when Satan was, he was Lucifer, beautiful day star, he wanted to be worshipped. He, he rose up in pride. And the Bible said we saw him fall from heaven like lightning. Jesus said that, you know. And so we know that a third of the angels went with him. And today, we don't want him to have temptation. People giving in to temptation continue to sin so that hell can continue to enlarge itself. We don't want to see that. But the Bible says that that's what will happen. You know, we fall into that temptation, that diverse temptation. But trust the Lord. He'll put no mourners than we're able to bear with every temptation. He will make a way for us to escape out of it. The scripture said that we may be able to bear it. Amen. And so we thank God, amen, for, for, for us abiding in him. And, uh, you know, what does it mean, you know, that a believer do not continue in sin? But the scripture says, as we went over the other day in the book of First John chapter 5, verse 18, the King James Bible, it says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one, the wicked one toucheth him not. Amen. It's in the book of First John chapter 5, verse 18, the King James Bible. And we went over that the other day. 
So that's the answer right there, you know, for John, the, the whole, I love the whole book and writings of John because he, John tells it like it is. He cuts it straight. He don't chuck and jive. He don't cut no, no corner. He just tell you, man, what's expected, you know, and, and it behooves us sometimes to write those things that he wrote, amen, so that we can, you know, we can, we can, you know, we can have some help here, you know, we can, we can get some favor from God here, you know, in his epistles, you know, he deals with uh, assurance of our salvation, you know, it's a sure thing, you know, it's not something that you guess about, you assume about, it is a sure thing, we can be assured, that's what faith in God is, being assured of God's word, see, what he promised, you know, and he says, I write these things in the book of First John chapter 5, verse 13, the King James Bible, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that ye have eternal life. Not a life of sin anymore, but eternal life, working toward a, a, a end state. Amen. You know, and so he says, you know, we should know, you know what I'm saying, that we have eternal life. You know, he wants us to know that truth. You know, anybody who's got eternal life, you know, John says, your faith is going to be tested. You know, you, you got to examine yourself daily and truly to know that I'm saved based on the things that I do, you know. And so we, we, we thank God for John's uh, letter here. Amen. And so we know that, you know, in the book of John, uh, believers can enjoy a fellowship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ because we're redeemed. You know, we are redeemed. You know, it tells us that in the book of First John, chapter 1, verse 3 of the King James Bible, he says that we, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. That's in the book of First John, chapter 1, verse 3 of the King James Bible. And so this is what the believer, and that, that's, that's us. We fall in that category uh, the believer has a certain walk, and that walk is in the light, not in darkness. That's where sin takes place. When people sneak around, y'all know what I'm talking about, try to do things, man, in the wee wee hours of the morning when they should be home, uh, you know, laying in the bed next to their wife. Uh, they are not their boyfriend or their girlfriend or somebody else's wife. You know, those things go on in the darkness, amen? But he's saying, you know, as a believer now, we should walk in the light, not in the darkness, as he is the light. Why God sees everything anyway, and the scripture reference that, that brings this out, you know, warns us of this, is in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 through 7, the King James Bible. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. There's a sin, and do not the truth. There's another sin, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not some sin. And you want to be clean, what can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is right now with, the, with, uh, with Jesus at the right hand of the Father, atoning for us right now. It's still the life of the flesh is still the blood of Jesus. You know? You know, and flesh is where sin is. It's conceived and, 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 you know, and, and then it's acted out. And once it does that, it brings death if you stay in it, if you continue in it. The wage of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. It's in the book of Romans, you know, chapter 3, verse 20. I think it's 23, you know, chapter 6, verse 23. It talks about sin, but it also talks about a way out, eternal life, you know. And so, you know, so John writes here and then he goes on to say the believer 
admits and confesses his sin. You don't hold on to it. You, you, the minute you realize you fell short, God is faithful and just to forgive those who ask him according to the book of 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, and cleanse of all unrighteousness. That's, that's on us. That, that's our way out. But that's not a license. That's not a license. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's what it proves, if I continue. I should be every day repenting, asking God all day long if you need to, because I want to make sure that I'm living a life of repentance. That's a, that's, a, that's a believer now. A believer don't struggle with repentance because he know it keeps him in right standing with God. You know, it gets me, people be saying, if I sin. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we sin because we sinners. But we're saved by grace through faith. That's not of ourselves. That's the gift of God. I want to keep that gift, man, alive in me, working in me, bringing me to that expected end, purifying me every day. This is why we deal with the truth, because the truth sanctifies, it consecrates, you know, it justifies, it cleanses us, it regenerates us, it renews us in the areas, man, where we have fallen short and will continue in if we don't, you know, draw, draw closer to God every day. Living that life of repentance. You know, I think about David often in the book of Psalms, chapter 51. How David messed up, man, but he did not want that mess up to happen again in his life when he realized the cost of it, the devastation of it. Didn't have to be there, David. You were the king, you know, especially you. You were targeted for, for some of us, pastors, you know, leaders. We are targeted, you know, husbands. We're targeted. Wives, we're targeted. Children, we're targeted. You know, business owners, we're targeted. And you say we're targeted because of that reason. Because we can do good from those platforms and positions. You know, we can share this good news with others. We can share the love of God with others, the truth, so they can be free. So we are targeted. There's a, web, there's a big old crosshair on us. But we have to put on the whole arm of God every day, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can stand firm against the wiles of the adversary, the attacks of the adversary, those fiery darts, ward every one of them off. Why? We put on the whole arm of God. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he said abide in Christ and let Christ abide in you. Abide in the word, let the word abide in you. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ that we may be able to stand in the day of temptation against the wiles of the adversary. Put on that helmet of salvation. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Take on that shield of faith. You know, let your feet be shot with the preservation of the gospel of peace. Walk in peace, not in hell raising. You know, you know, you know. Take on that belt of truth and put it around your waist. And grab that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And go on about your business, knowing that you're walking, amen, in the victory, fighting from the position of victory, not for the victory. Because ain't no weapon formed against you when you posture yourself like that. But he said, the, uh, the believers, man, because you want that armor to work, you got you to gotta confess your sin because, see, you can have all that armor on. You can, you, can, you, can, you can have stuff on your license plate saying you know Jesus, your T-shirt saying you know Jesus, but sin is in, inside, you know, and be, be inside, sinning in your heart. You know, walking with all that armor on and, and walk in the door, man, it's in Walmart or wherever, marketplace, in school, you know, wherever, you know, the doctor's office and see, see somebody, man, like, oh, man, she sure look good. Start lusting after her right away. All that armor on. Now you lusting eyes, committing adultery for husband. You know, it's crazy. But see, that's, 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 that's what sin does. And once it's conceived in that heart, man, you've already sinned against God. You know, with all that armor on, sitting there, man, lusting after somebody. You know, and so he goes on to say, a believer, the believer admits and confesses his sin. You know, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He ain't deceiving God. 
or other people. You deceive yourself. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. That's all it proves. That ain't no truth in us. I got a ton of armor on. I'm armored up from the head, crown of my head and soles of my feet. I got Jesus Christ on, you know. But look at what he says. The truth is not in us. It didn't say on us. It said in us. You know, so the heart can be far away when the mouth is right there. The mouth is worshiping God, you know, walking around, man, got, you know, rings with crosses on them and crosses around our neck, man, you know. You got Jesus' name on everything. Pocketbook, you know, Bible in your hand. Got all that armor on. But the Bible says sin is not in us. I mean, he says the truth is not in us because truth and sin can't dwell in the same place. That's in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, the King James Bible. And so he goes on to say, now, as believers, we obey God's word. That's the difference. We obey God's word. We don't just say God's word. We obey God's word. This is the true test of a disciple, a believer, a follower, you know, you know. And this is, this is not condemnation. This is truth that frees us. This has got to be in us. This is our way of living. You know, there is therefore no condemnation for those who be in Christ Jesus, who right here, who obey God's word. That's the determining factor right there, de facto right there, you know, obeying. Peter said it's better to obey God than obey man. He'd been in a dungeon. He'd been in prison for using the name of Jesus. But he knew that it was the Lord who freed him, who broke him out of jail. And the thing was, while he was in jail, Peter had a chance to reflect on the truth that God had told him. He didn't sit up in that man and try to plot how he was going to kill the jailer, kill somebody, how he was going to get even and sell the score when he got out. He began to sit there, man, and think about all those things. He had, he had time to contemplate all those things that the Lord had said to him that he was going to do. And he felt, you know, remorse. He felt sorrow. He, he started repenting, I believe. And as he was posturing himself to do that, Something happened with the foundation of the jail. You know, the, the gate came apart. The chain didn't make no difference. What kind of chain they had on there? All that stuff was broken by the power of God. I'm talking about physically broken, the scripture says. And the jailer ran in to check out things. Found them still there. We, you know, we still, hey, he, he was like, my God, you know, what, what must I do to be saved? You know, he wanted a part of that. You know, sometimes, man, if you just let the Christ in you be seen and be known, you, you know, you're letting your light so shine that others might see your good works and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. This man took him home with him, man, got his whole house saved. See, that's the power of God right there. The believer obeys God's word. That's the power that gets released when we obey God's word. In the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, the King James Bible says it this way. And hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments, not just recite a bunch of them, you know, Throw them out there, man, like, you know, like we give away candy, on, you know, for Halloween or something. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, that's the opposite, is a liar. So opposite of the truth is a lie. Ain't no in-between, no gray area. You either hot, you cold. You don't straddle the fence. You don't be lukewarm because God will spew you out like vomit. He wants you to be hot or be cold. He wants you to follow the truth or the lie. It's your choice. He'd rather you to follow the truth, know the truth. And let the truth make you free. And if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. He said, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word. In other words, obey it, live by it. You know, don't just say it, but live by it. Let it be that lamp 
okay, in your path. Let it be that, that, that light in your path, that lamp unto your feet, show you where to go away from darkness. In him, verily, is the love of God perfected. It, it grows. It matures. It expands. It doesn't just stay the same. It changes areas in your life that we were not able to change. It sanctifies. Remember now, Jesus prayed that prayer for his disciples over in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17 the King James Bible. He requested from the Father, now that he had those apostles and those disciples following him, he requested one of the best things he could have ever requested for them and, and who were now converted believers still having some problems, still ch some challenges with sin and temptation, you know, still and still kind of following him from afar off. But they were following him, had the eyes on him. They were seeing some miracles. They were being convinced. They were being won over. There are people out there right now that God is drawing that we'll never be able to draw. There are some family members and coworkers that God is drawing because we've been praying for them as believers. Probably would never physically meet him, but we've been praying for him. I already met him in the spirit, you know, you know. But that ain't the focus. The focus is that God hears from us as believers. And he says, you know, Father, and this is how we should pray too for them. Father, keep them that you have given me and sanctify them with thy word because thy word is truth. Well, that's the same thing we should be praying right now. All unsaved family members, co-workers, you know, appointed elected officials out there, you know, doctors, judges, you know, wards in the prisons, you know, husband, wives, you know, sons, daughters, you know, backsliders, that God would sanctify them with his word, which is truth, you know, that they would know the truth and the truth would make them free. That's God's will. That's why we pray that will be done. All of this that we learn, all of this totality in totality is God's will for his people. And, he, and some of God's people have not yet come. They're still afar off, but because of the witness of the saints, the believers, they now can hear the word of God. They can hear the truth, and that truth will make them free. They can hear your testimony, but they need to hear your testimony based on the word of God. What did the word do for you? Can the word do that for me? That's what they need to hear. That'll provoke their thinking. Now they can start taking a look at what kind of future they want for themselves, just like you looking at. You imagine it. You're not, a, you're not, I pray and hope we're not thinking that everything is going to remain the same. God remains the same. Everything else changes. God's message remains the same to bring everything else to change. You know, and so it goes on there to say, you know, it happens because the believer believes God's word. And so therefore things change. And hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. No questions asked there, cutting it straight. But whosoever keepeth his word, so his word is his truth, in him verily the love of God is perfected. It begins to mature. It begins to produce fruit, you know, to says you are who you say you are. Hereby know we that we are in him. Based on the fruit now, you can tell what's in the tree based on the fruit that it bear. You know, that's in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, the King James Bible. And it goes on to say the believer loves God rather than the world. That's the, that's the dividing difference, the distinction there, is we love God more than the world. Some people tell me now, nah, man, man, I remember, man. I, I say, yeah, I'm glad you remember. I don't. You know, I don't forgot all that. That's, that's, I forgot those things behind me, you know. God ain't bringing them up, so I shouldn't either. You shouldn't either. Be careful. You know, you know, 
And so we, we, we you know, we, 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 we as believers should love God rather than the world. Amen. And it's not easy as you think it is. I know some of us think we, you know, we can do it in our own works of righteousness. You know, not if we don't submit to God first and resist the devil. See, the thing about it is, you know, why, why, why fight a fight that you don't have to fight? The fight we should be fighting is a good fight of faith. Some people fight demons, rebuke demons all day long, you know, because they don't understand how you, you coming down to his fight. But if you fight from the position of victory, that's fighting for what you already have. That's putting God in remembrance of what he said. You don't come down. I, you know, I, sometimes, man, I, I have to correct people. They start talking about all these that pastors. I had to rebuke the devil. I had to rebuke them demons. I had to be. Why are you rebuking what's already rebuked? Jesus has already spoiled his principality and already made a show out of him openly. But see, when you don't, when you like knowing that level of truth, you will fight. You will think you got to fight for your victory, what you already have through Jesus Christ. If you're reading the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, the King James Bible, Jesus tells us, or Paul writes this letter, but he got the, he got the inspired by, 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 by the encounter he had with Jesus, the Holy Ghost, to, to, to remind him of this, that, you know, God has, thank, be thanks be to God who has already given us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now that victory, the minute I gave my life to the Lord, became mine. You know, not only mine by myself, I share it with other believers. And it's right now. And it was yesterday for them believers. And it's going to be tomorrow for those believers. Because God is doing what he's already did. And he's going to do what he already done. And so we have the victory. It's up to us how we treat it. You know? It's up to us how we treat it. Maybe we need to go back and read the word so it can remind us, as Pastor Pepe often say. It's a reminder to us, you know, what we have, what we possess already. And so he says, you know, we, 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 we love God rather than the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. You know, we're not to love the things of the world. You know, we love the people, but we don't love the things of the world. We love God, who owns the world, you know. Lust of the eye, pride of life, you know, lust of the flesh. Those are the temptations that if we give in, you know, that means that sin is in us. The desire to sin is sin in us. You know, and so we got to purify ourselves, you know, with, with, with Pray like David. Lord, search me, Lord. Don't say if you're fine. We know you're going to find some things in there because we're not there yet. We're being perfected. You know, we're being made like him so that when we see him, you know, we're going to be like him. Why? Because right now it does not appear what we shall be. But this thing we know that when we see him, we're going to be just like him. Why? That's the reason why. Because we're going to be like him. We're going to see him the way he is because we're going to be just like him. That's the hope. That's the promise okay right now for it not to appear but we can think about what eternity is going to be like because we have access to the truth not a lie this is this is god's word you're not a man that he should lie to us he's not trying to keep it and hide it from us people that want to get them secret organizations going to get people to join them and have secrets the word of god is, is universal it's, it's a message to everybody whosoever will let them come and drink of this water freely you know that they may have eternal life so let's go a little further here. It says, so the believer, okay, I'm talking about the true believer. Now. I'm not talking about a believer who's still practicing sin. I'm talking about a believer who's trying to, trying to get rid of sin out of his life, the, the control, the dominion, the allurement, the temptation of it, through the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, things of this world, tempting. But as long as you don't give in, sin don't win. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, 
if any man loves the world, the love of God is not in him. I didn't say temptation now. So there's temptation, but that's not a sin because temptation is common. You know, it's common. It's common to man. I want to say that's in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, where it talks about, you know, temptation. You know, King James Bible. And y'all y'all can check that out for me and let me know if that's if that's the right scripture reference. But I know it's in there. Amen. And so and and some and some of you probably know it better than me. And it says, you know, to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father now is not in him. I mean, it's just, it doesn't get any plainer than that. Amen. It's right there. You know, and if you just look at it and uh, let it answer all of our questions, all of our challenges, you know, it's right there. Can't deny it. You can't say Pastor Lesser said that. You can't say Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe said that. It's just right there. The scripture said that. You know, the truth is, you know, it's right there. You know, if people would just take a look at it and just believe it, you know, God's word does not lie. God does not lie. The author of his word, he does not lie. He did not write a bunch of lies in here for us. He, he wrote a bunch of truth in here to make us free. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, that is in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 13 of the King James Bible. I just go reference it there. Y'all ain't going to lie on me. And he said, he said, she said, no, 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 no. I said what the scripture said. And he says, you know, uh, believers love God rather than the world. That's in the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verse 15 of the King James Bible. He says, for love not the world, neither the things <clears throat> that are in the world, if any man loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. And I say it again because I want to emphasize that. The truth in us don't lie. Amen. And then he goes on to say, the believer's life is characterized by doing what is right. It's characterized. It's summarized. It's the result of doing what's right. And you ain't got to say it. We'll know by the fruit that the tree bears. You know, we'll know. We'll, we'll see the good works. We'll see the light shining in a dark place. We'll see you trying to be a street light everywhere you go. We'll see that you're not trying to hide your light under some bushel. We'll see that you're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation. We'll see you turning the other cheek. We'll see you walking by faith. You know, we'll see it. It'll be obvious. It'll be obvious, you know, that your life, our life, any believer's life, any disciple follower of Christ is characterized by doing what is right. It's not a struggle to do, you know. You're not, a, you're not forcing yourself to do it. It's naturally who we are, you know. It's who we are. We're characterized by the characteristics of Jesus Christ. We call it Christ-likeness. You know, some people say, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. You know, you're striving to become a Christian like Christ. We're, we're Christ-like. We're not there all the way yet. Why? Because the scripture says it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he shall appear, we're going to see him the way he is because we're going to be just like him. Absent from this body, present with God, then took off this corruption and put on incorruption. The only way I can see him because no flesh is going to dwell in his presence. Don't fool and kid yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Remember we talked about that deception. Not one saved, always saved. Got to work out my salvation with fear and trembling and endure to the end to see what the end is going to be. 
if ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. That's in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, the King James Bible. If ye know, now he said no, now that that word is again. God wanted us to know the truth and the truth makes us free. If ye know, talking about the believers, that he is righteous, my Jesus now, ye know that everyone that hath, that doeth righteousness is born of God. Now you're not talking about man's righteousness. The Bible says, beware of the righteousness of the Pharisee. Beware of those who go about trying to create their own righteousness, which is no righteousness at all. You know, the righteousness of the Pharisees or anybody that's not of God, leaven it the whole lump, mess you up, get you full of temptation, full of lust, you know, cause you to sin and fall away from grace, you know. But he says, if ye know that he is righteous, okay, the righteous son of God, the righteous lamb of God, ye know now that everyone that has this righteousness, the truth about this righteousness is born of him where it came from. This is why we cry out for Father, because we are the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, his finished work on the cross. You know, made us righteous. That blood applied made us righteous. Cleansed us of all of our sin and all of our unrighteousness so that we could be made righteous, sanctified us, consecrated. Why? His word, which is true. Same way he did his disciples. That's in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, the King James Bible. So let's go a little further here. Um, it says, the believer now seeks to maintain a pure life. Now, I'm talking specifically to believers. I, I keep emphasizing this because I want you to hear the difference because sometimes we just say, we all God's children. Nah, that's not necessarily true. We all came from God. But he says in the book of John, the first chapter, verse 12 of the King James Bible, now this is when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. This is what, full of grace and truth. This is what the truth said that as many as receive him, gave he the power to become the sons of God. So there ain't no automatics here because sin did separate us and we fell from grace, but because of Jesus Christ, the living word of God coming full of grace and truth, he reconciled us back to the father. So I have to accept Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross and be made righteous by his blood in order to call myself a child of God. Hmm. consecrated, separated, called out by God, sanctified. Remember what Jesus prayed to the Father? Keep them that you have given me. See, there's a lot of sons and daughters out there that, that God want to give to his son Jesus, but they don't want the son that God gave to them to be their savior. They're looking for another way that seemeth right, that leadeth to the way of destruction. And, and Jesus is saying all the time in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, the King James Bible. Now you're talking about the living word of God is saying, listen what this truth he's speaking. I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Any man who comes to the Father can only do it through me. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me just like you believe in the Father. You know, I'm going, I, I, went, I went away to prepare a place for you. I'm coming back that where I am, you may you can also be with me. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not I, the truth in me. I can't lie. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What you hear from me is what's going to happen. That's the truth. Know that truth and be free. And if I make you free as the Son of God, you're free indeed. No other way. Now, Paul said we can stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made us free. That's in the book of Galatians chapter, chapter 5, verse 1 of the King James Bible. It's all written. It's documented for our learning that we may know how we have eternal life and who we have it through and by. You know, 
And so let's go a little further here as we prepare to bring this to a close. So he says that every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself. How can I purify myself? How can I purge my conscience of all these uh, evil works and things and temptations? By the word of God. Isn't that what Jesus prayed for those who the Father had given him? Hmm? Is that he would sanctify them with thy word, Lord, thy word is truth. So we purify our, our filthy hands and our and our unclean hearts, man, that is desperately wicked above anything else with the word of God. This is why David said, hide thy word, hide thy word in my heart that I sin not against you, Lord. Because you're the one that's going to judge me as a sinner if I continue to sin. You know, death is going to come in because I have no ability to stop it. The truth is the standard when the enemy comes in like a flood. That's the standard, truth. How much truth do I know? How much truth is in my heart? Or am I easily tempted? Or am I easily led away by my lustful desires? You know? And so let's move on here just to, you know, whew, Jesus, I tell you, man, this is so, so uh, enlightening. The believers uh, will seek to maintain, uh, you know, a, 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 a pure life. That's the key right there. Can't do it without the word, you know. So the believer should be seeking to maintain. See, we've already received the victory through Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross, but it has to be maintained. It can't be once saved, always saved. The word maintained is, a, is, a, is an action word, some follow-on action, some corresponding action after I got saved, after the truth made me free, after I started the conversion process. Now I got to endure until the end to see what the end is going to be, but I can't do it just full of pride, arrogance. You know, I got to work it out with fear and trembling, keeping humble, we talked about that the other day. Staying humble under the hand of Almighty God. Yeah, I know you've been saved 15 minutes. I know you got titles on you. You can prophesy, speak in all kinds of tongues and all that. Sometimes that can be conceived as arrogance and pride, thinking you're better than somebody. But staying humble. And if there's a being exaltation, knowing that God will exalt you in due time. There's a due time sometimes. You know, but let God determine when that time is. Don't get ahead of him. So it goes on there to say that this is how a believer seeks to maintain a pure life. How, Pastor? Uh, let's look in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 of the King James Bible. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself. Go to the word of God. Eat that word. Find it. Eat it. Jeremiah said, thy words were found. I did eat them. And they have become a joy and rejoicing. Wow. When you get rid of all the weight and sin and other stuff that's cluttering up your heart, that's desperately wicked. According to the, Bible, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9, the King James Bible said that heart is its most, you know, desperately wicked thing in our body, you know. But look at what he says, purifies himself with the word of God. You can't, when you hide the word in your heart that you sin not against God, because he is telling you the relationship between sin is in the heart. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. So if you're going to sin, it's because it was in your heart to sin. It was conceived in your heart. Why? There was no word in there to cancel out the, the, the temptation. So you couldn't escape out of it. So you couldn't bear it. So you gave in to it and lied about it. More, one sin brings more sin, breathes more sin. Don't have to do that. This is what he says. Even as he is pure. <clears throat> Even as he is pure. How did Jesus become so pure, y'all, and knew no sin? If I told you, you probably wouldn't believe it. It's because he was the incarnated word of God made flesh and came to this earth, according to the book of John, the first chapter, verses 12 through 14, 
I mean, chapter, you know, 13 and 14, verses 13 and 14 the King James Bible, full, listen to me now, full of grace, number one. Why grace? It was sufficient for him. He ain't going to come tell you what's sufficient for you and not have already tested it for himself. <coughs> and then he says, and truth, full of grace and truth. Why? Because he was the truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So he was who he said he was. Are we who we say we are? Or are we just saying it because it sounds good? We want to sound the part, but we don't want to be the part. We want to say we're Christian, but we don't want to do Christ-like things. You know, those characteristics. And we got to be purged, even as he is pure. Let us be pure. Okay, let's go a little further here. I got two more scriptures, and we're going to end. Uh, so the believer, eyes have to be open so we can see the decreasing patterns or lifestyles of sin that used to plague us and, and trap us and snare us and cause us to do things that we were so ashamed of, of sin in his life. We, we see the decrease of it. We see the less desire of it. We see that I don't want to do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I'm a Christian now. We talk ourselves down and out of stuff sometimes. Good thing, man. That's how you purify your continent, your soul. You should be the first order of defense. Because you know it's against God, and I don't want to do that. David had to figure that thing out, you know. And it says in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 of King James Bible, here it is. Now, we're talking about seeing the decrease of my desire, the pattern of, you know, I used to be so easily. Yeah, I go to the club with you. Okay, I know it's family reunion. Okay, I know it's class reunion. Okay, one little bottle of wine ain't going to hurt nothing. We used to do this. Let's kick it for old times' sake. You know, let's, let's go back to the 70s. Let's put on our bell bottoms and our three-inch platforms. We're going to play some Isaac Brother tonight at, 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 the, at the banquet. I guess it one one one. It's only every ten years, so it ain't gonna hurt nothing. See, we talk ourselves into sin instead of talking ourselves out of sin. Purify, and ye know. Nobody said that word know again. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, plural, meaning more than one. And in him is no sin. If he's in me, ain't no sin in me. But if he ain't in me, and his word ain't in me. There's a possibility that sin will be in there. Got to be sure about that. Whosoever, that means anybody, broad, universal, abideth in him, sinneth not. Abideth in him now, not just say I'm in him, not just, and it said in the church, it said in him, Christ, the head of the church. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. How much you tell people, if you're still out there doing those things, and that is persuaded and giving in, man, at a class reunion, wherever, you know, after church, whatever, lures you, whatever tempts you. That's in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, King James Bible. Last scripture. We know that whosoever, that word know again, is born of God because the scripture helps us to know the truth and the truth makes us free. So we can be informed and make well-informed decisions, not lying on people, guessing, assuming, or speculating just because something looks a certain way. That don't mean sin is in them. You got to wait for them to open up their mouth. You got to wait for them to do something, not just look like something. Like we don't judge a lot of people based on looks when we should be waiting on the fruit to fall. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. That's in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, the King James Bible, where we started, and we're going to end right there. 
Amen. This concludes the teaching this morning on the creating of prayer course for God, revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Learning what believers should be doing and what they should not be doing. By this will people know that we are God's disciples and we love the brethren in the process. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord God, that have enlightened us, have spoken to us. And so, Father, we're just praying now that this word will be hidden in our hearts, that we sin not against you because sin is first conceived in the heart and then it's, active out, it's acted out in the way we live our lives. We thank you now, Father, that the word of God is purifying and sanctifying and consecrating and separating us even the more right now. We thank you that there is perfection only in Jesus Christ and the level of maturity and perfection that we need. We look to him as our example as we strive and work out our salvation with fear and trembling, allowing the word of God to purge us, to purify us, to sanctify us, to consecrate us. That when we put the word of God in our hearts and hide it there, we will not sin against you. And so, Father, we thank you and we praise you that through Jesus Christ, his sinless life, we now have the ability, the capability, the possibility to live a sin-free life. One controlled by forgiveness, one controlled by repentance, one controlled by doing those things that's pleasing in God's sight as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling and move on toward the end of this, of this life that we may hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've been faithful over a few things. Enter into my rest. I'm going to make you rule over many things. What he went away to prepare, he's bringing back for us. And let us prepare ourselves for his return by allowing the word of God to perfect that which concerning him in us. We give you praise, glory, and honor right now for your word this morning. We thank you for it. We're praying for anyone out there, God, that don't know the truth, that there be a day they know the truth, and that truth make them free. That they, too, can be a part of the family of God, or at least have the opportunity afforded them. We give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That concludes this teaching this morning so far.